You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Welcome, Bethany Bible Church. And, and those from other places uh, visiting us today, maybe from, from other states or, or relatives, hello. Um, but glad you can join us and join the Bethany family. And I'm really preaching to you, our Bethany Church today, and, and those, that are, those that are tuning in. Um, and we'll just have a great day of worship in the midst of this new way of doing things, the midst of this new uh, technology and new ways to do it. But we can worship the Lord together. I mean, praise God for, a, uh, for an application like this in order to praise God together. Uh, perhaps you've got comments or you're saying hi or you see people on here. Please feel free. I'm not watching anything. Feel free to comment or say hi to one another uh, as you check in, as other people log in. That's just fine. And uh, again, you're not going to throw me off uh, other than it's just a bit still weird to preach to an empty, empty place. Uh, but we'll trust God to work through that. So again, welcome to you. Glad you joined us. We do have a few announcements, lo and behold, a couple of things. One is that this week, again, we, we kind of did a trial test run last Wednesday at 6 o'clock p.m. of an online fellowship prayer meeting type uh, meeting that we did through Zoom. Maybe some of you are getting more familiar with Zoom meetings and using that application in order to uh, gather online, but we can host a lot of people. And so we're going to do that again this week on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. If you don't have anything going on, which I'm thinking some of you do, you're, it's planting. Planting season is going to still start and all, the, all those sorts of things. But, but if you're home and going, what do we do at, on Wednesday at 6 o'clock? Do we put the fourth puzzle together or play another game or watch the, the fifth movie, whatever? I just want you to join us at 6 o'clock for about an hour um, uh, thereabouts uh, online uh, uh, at Zoom, and I'll give you the meeting ID, but, but join us in fellowship. We want to see each other's faces, take some prayer requests, pray together, share what God's doing through all this, and just, just really connect together in a, in a visual way that, we can't, that we're not doing like this on, on Sunday morning. So that's at 6 o'clock Wednesday. The Zoom meeting ID, which I'll, I'll put it again on our Facebook page, and I'll probably send out an email with this, but the ID is 730 Zero four zero nine zero one. So the meeting ID is seven three zero zero four zero nine zero one. If you type that in, find a meeting or join a meeting, type in that meeting ID at six o'clock Wednesday night. We'll we'll find you and uh, come join join us with that. Uh, another thing regarding uh, your gifts, your tithes uh, to the church, we would still welcome uh, your giving during this time and during this season, um, but that's going to be a little harder to do or maybe just a bit, a bit more inconvenient. We hope uh, not too much, but we would just ask, uh, rather than doing any online at this point, we're just asking just if you can mail it in, uh, mail it here uh, to the church. If you want to do that, again, our address here, P.O. Box 428, P.O. Box 428, Leroy, the zip code's 55951. So if you want to mail in, thank you for taking the time and the, the stamp to, to do that. But you could mail those in, and then we'll, we'll make sure those get to the right place, get to Brandon. So um, you can give that way. Another thing, you, um, we're working on just an updated. We had some, some newer people join us in the past couple months. We want to have a bit of an updated church directory 
and Kalise is working on that. Um, if you have any updated information, you can text her or let her know. But otherwise, I think we've, we've got your information from the last update. Unless you're new, you can get that to Kalise, and then we can send out that PDF to, to the church so that we have a way to make sure. I'm, I'm counting on many of you have a church directory already, but just an additional way to make sure you've got a way to contact one another in the church. And let me just encourage you again. I may discuss this, uh, I think, in the sermon as well. Let me just encourage you to contact one another. Please don't assume everybody's just doing well and we're hanging in there. Um, I don't hear, and talking to uh, many people, I don't hear a lot of panic, um, but there can be some fear. And again, like we've been saying, all sorts of different reactions. Let me just encourage you to pray about someone in the church that you can contact and get a hold of and, and encourage and um, encourage them in the Lord during this time. Maybe you just pray together over the phone, um, or maybe you just say, how you doing? Just checking in. The Lord put you on my mind. I want to know how you're doing. And so uh, I want to encourage you towards that way. Hopefully the church directory is a way to do that. And, and let me just even nudge a little further. If there's somebody in that directory, you say, I have no idea who this person is. Uh, go ahead and call them. Just introduce yourself. I'm so-and-so. I usually sit at this place in the, in the sanctuary, whatever. Introduce yourself and get to know them. It's okay if you haven't seen them in person, but just say, there's a name I'm unfamiliar with, and I'm going to call and do that. And I hope that through this time, that, that is part of binding us together. And then lastly, just by way of announcements, uh, there is I uh, put together a YouTube channel of about, uh, well, it's over 10, 12 different kind of worship songs. Some are newer, and maybe uh, two of them I think we have not sung here. But feel free to go on YouTube, search Bethany Bible Church, Leroy, Minnesota. There's other Bethany Bible churches, but search the one, Leroy, Minnesota, and I think you'll find the, the playlist for that. Most of the songs have lyrics with them, just like what we would do with our PowerPoint on a Sunday morning. And I would just invite your family to gather together, uh, pick out a couple of them. I'm sorry for the commercials that will come on in between. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have that in the live service. But um, uh, gather together and come around YouTube and use that means in order to worship. But again, if you have a hymnal or you're doing something on your own, please don't feel like that's what you must do. Just do what helps your family worship the Lord. What a blessing it is to worship the Lord in days where the news cycle goes up and down, different requirements, different things of our state. We're at a different stage this weekend than we were last weekend, all these sorts of things. Boy, if ever a time to worship, it is. But we can worship God when the sun is shining, when everything is calm, and when it seems like everything around the world is going on. What a great God we have to serve. And so we come together today to worship him through his word, to listen to him, and we want to hear his specific passage uh, in Philippians and listen to him today. So again, thank you for joining us, and let's find a Bible. Hopefully you've got one with you. You can gather everybody and uh, find Philippians again, Philippians uh, chapter 2. We, we made it through one chapter, and we're in the next chapter 2 here. Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4, and if there's kids watching this, Facebook, um, here's another thing you can mail, P.O. Box 428 to the church, 
please mail in. Kids, find some blank sheets of paper. Find that piece of junk mail that got sent to you. You can draw on the back of those. Those work too. And uh, send in your pictures of, of what you're hearing during the sermon. We still want those. I got two this week, and I was so, so thrilled to get them. So Malachi and Molly, you guys sent in your pictures to me. I'm going to try to show them here. I don't know. George, can you look? Uh, tell me if I need to move closer, but is that good there? Yeah. This is uh, Malachi's. I think it says he is, yeah, he is worthy on it with the tomb rolled away. We were talking last week about is he worthy and how can we be worthy? And, uh, and yet in Christ, he's granted us belief and suffering. So Malachi, thank you for that. And then uh, his sister Molly also sent in a picture. I'll read it and show it to you. I'm so happy that God is at work. God is at work in your heart. And Molly's got a picture here as well with that. So Molly, thank you for that. That's just awesome. I would love to get our mailbox filled, kids or adults. Adults, maybe you have some time to color as well. Uh, (laughs) So do that. Send them P.O. Box 428. Send them to the church, and uh, we'll try to put them on. That's just, that's awesome. So I really appreciate you doing that. Hopefully by this time you found Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So let's read it. This is God's Word. Let's read it together, and then we'll pray, and then we'll look at the text and seek to understand it. What's, what's Paul, what is the Lord wanting to say this morning? Philippians 2, 1 through 4. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let's pray. Lord, I just come before you again, uh, humble before you to say, would you, to say and ask, Lord, would you work through this sermon time for your glory? Father, be mighty in your word in this place. I just pray that, uh, Lord, your spirit would work through the airwaves, through these cell uh, cell towers or internet, uh, uh, the, the wireless connections we have. Lord, bring us together, though we are separated this morning as a church, and we long to be together. Lord, may we long, may we look for that day. But Lord, as we're separated, Father, please grow us in you even during this time. And I thank you that you are at work. No command of yours falters. You do according to your purpose every day, every hour of the day, every minute, every second. You're accomplishing your plan. And so we look to you, we confess you're sovereign in all things, Lord, you're under control. You are not in chaos, though in places it can look that way here, you're not. So Lord, calm our hearts and Lord, hearts today that are entering this Facebook live session that are are anxious or worked up or frustrated, Father, calm our hearts before you, dear Jesus, our Savior, and may we rejoice in you. 
So guide us now in this passage, verses 1 through 4. Give us ears to hear, eyes to understand and see what you're saying, and uh, to live our lives according to your word. We pray this for the power of your spirit, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. It is funny on a day that we are all scattered in our different homes and apart from one another that we come to a text like this. Um, This is a text calling for, if you saw it in there, having the same love, the same mind. There's there's a sense of togetherness amongst the brothers and sisters in Christ. And in, in some ways, we couldn't be further apart. We are all in our different homes and places and we're, we're separated. But here we are. I just want to challenge you that as we read this, we don't have to be physically together today in order to care for one another. We are not bound simply by meeting. We're called to meet together. There is nothing that's going to beat meeting in person, one-to-one, or in a group, and worship, and hear the singing together of our voices. But we're not just limited to that as a function of a church. It's greater. We can care for one another. And I think what this passage calls us to is something that, that we're going to be challenged by. We're going to be challenged by living with one another uh, in our own homes, in close quarters, in these houses of sanctification where we weren't used to having everybody around all day long, maybe some of you more than others. So this is new and there's a stress level to it. There's tension for however long this lasts. But I think this passage is going to call us uh, to something else. And I think in two ways it's going to call us. One is to, in two ways uh, of how we're going to uh, think about being together. Let me list them two ways. W- one way is how we prepare. So what I'm saying by that is how we prepare while we're apart for deeper togetherness when we gather in this particular physical place, 146 or 138 East Main Street, that sort of thing. That, that what we're doing now, that what we're involved with prepares us to gather again. So that's part of this passage. And then also that relationships now, like we talked about calling one another in with a family that's all home, we're all gathered for dinner together more often than we used to be, that those relationships with one another would be deepened. And even though we have these physical temporary limitations, we are not limited relationally. I mean, we've still got the phone lines are up, the Internet's working. So praise the Lord, we're not limited. And we can even mail things. So having said that, let's then look forward and rejoin Paul here in chapter 2 as he's going to build a foundation for his call really to single-mindedness and then to care for one another. So look at verse 1 in Philippians chapter 2. Again, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and then he's going to go on from there. If there's any, if there's any, if there's any. Paul lays out here four and possibly five. You can see five things listed. The last two was combined together, but lays out these four, you could call them benefits. I think, I think a word you could use is gospel gifts, these gifts of the gospel. And Paul's going to use these to say, if these things are true, if you've experienced this, 
if these things are yours, then or therefore think this way. You see his argument, what he's, what he's setting up here? In other words, Paul, he's calling for the Philippians to be thinking a certain way, but his basis for the call, how can he call them to this? Humility, looking towards one another, that sort of thing. How can he call them to this? And it's these if statements. So if this is true, then he's going to say, complete my joy and, and progress in your faith. So let's look at some of these. We'll look at most of them one by one here. The first one, if there is any encouragement in Christ. And we should really, we should end each of these phrases with, if there's any encouragement in Christ, and there is. So look at these as not like, well, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. These are true statements. If there is, then this. And I think what the encouragement Paul alludes to here, it's directly tied to what he's already been saying in this letter in one form or another. Last week, uh, we studied, we looked through verses 27 through, through 30, a manner of life worthy of the gospel, the striving side by side, these sorts of things. Um, and that was the call in the Philippians, be of one spirit, of one mind, uh, not frightened. And I think in that we could say encouraging one another, encouraging one another. And then verses 29 through 30, so let your eyes just gaze back up to chapter 1, verse 29 and 30. Paul says there, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. And then Paul starts, so if there is any encouragement in Christ. What is it that we are to live for? What are we to live for? What's Paul's answer? I mean, that ought to almost be coming out of us by now in Philippians. What does Paul live for? Christ? Who does he want to honor? Christ. And so God does the encouraging through belief, through suffering, for what sake? That what would happen? That we would be encouraged in Christ, drawn towards Christ. That Christ would be honored in our lives. And then also, in addition, God gives us one another as encouragement as well in the journey. Let me just add here, in saying that, the difficulty in these couple phrases here of just determining just what exactly, Paul, do you have in mind? Encouragement from who? Is this, uh, is this encouragement, this love, this participation or fellowship in the Spirit, this affection, compassion, or sympathy, as the ESV uh, puts it? Is this in the context of other believers? This is what it looks like in the church? Or is this what Paul has given to the church. This is kind of what he's done for them. So if you have this from Paul, so this. Or, or, or is this from God himself? This is, if you have encouragement, comfort, love from the Lord, then live this way. I mean, which one is it? The beauty is, I think, without Paul being specific here, I think we can take all three. Paul is writing a letter to encourage them in Christ. Fellow believers are to strive side by side for the faith. But, but ultimately, where does all this come from? From God himself. He provides these gospel gifts to us. And so that's, that's what we see. So I think we can think of them almost in a, in a threefold way. Look, oh believer, what you have from one another, from Paul's input. Ultimately, God is working this in your life. Look at the next one. Any comfort from love. So if there's any, any comfort in love... And we hear, and there is, 
Again, is this God's love? Is this the fellow believer's love, Paul's love? Yes, yes. Paul, from another letter, he writes to the Thessalonians, and he writes this in 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 through 17. Kids, if you're watching at home, you can practice saying Thessalonians. It's not that easy, but Thessalonians. And here's what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 through 17. Listen to this, dealing with comfort and love. He says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, And gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Dear brother and sister in Christ, if you're watching this, this God who made heaven and earth, if you're in Christ, he loves you. The comfort he gives, it's not for the short term. This is not a short term couple days worth and it's going to fade out. It's eternal, isn't it? And yet also God uses Paul, the instrument of Paul, who's writing this, to love the Philippians. And I believe believers as well are to love one another. Are you comforted in love? Look at what the gift, the benefits of the gospel, love. Next, if there be any participation in the Spirit, or fellowship of the Spirit. And there is, okay? The fellowship of the saints is based, so fellowship one another is based on a greater fellowship of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So what each believer shares in the Holy Spirit is both, it's their own, the Holy Spirit dwells in us by faith, leading us to Christ, but it's also shared by the community. Listen to Ephesians, the last part of verse 19 to 22. Ephesians 2, uh, 19 through 22, or the last part of 19. It speaks of the oneness uh, in the Spirit. And and in the context here, Jew and Gentile. And here's what Paul says they are. They're saints and members. These two divided are saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, in who? In Christ, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, in Christ, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God. Can you finish it? By the Spirit. A dwelling place built into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Each brick of this building called God's house, and not this place, by the way. This is where we, we gather to not get wet when we worship and not let the wind come through and it's a nice place and it's air conditioned, all those sorts of things. No, each brick of this building called God's house is indwelt by the Spirit of Christ. That's the building, and yet each brick... Each house that is even hearing this forms this dwelling place of God. And so we must say we cannot, we cannot experience our full oneness with Christ apart from one another. We share in that. We're building. We're being built together for this house. This makes it to be where I'm not just a separate brick living on my own and it's Jesus and me and we're going to work this out. 
No, it's Jesus and us. And you go, the church, that's how you planned it with all the mess and all the trials and conflicts and all those sorts of things? Yes, and in our weakness, God gets glory. Or one another, fellowship of the Spirit. And then lastly, if there be any affection and sympathy or affections and compassions. Regarding the word for affection here, if you're reading ESV, you've got affection. I think, uh, I'm making a guess, I think the other translations have that as well. But here's what one commentator, Walter Hansen, says of this word for affection, kind of going back to the Greek essence of it, the inward parts of a body, the entrails, the guts. It's like Paul, the affections are, my gut is longing for you. My inside, I'm affectionate. And that's what Paul says of the Philippians back in chapter 1, verse 8. He says, For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying, From my inmost being, my deepest longing, my affections, I yearn for you. And then we also, we've got sympathy there, this compassion that we have. So again, is this, is this Paul's sympathy, Paul's affections, compassions, or the sympathy of fellow believers towards one another? Is this God's? And again, we say, yes. We're not given the specifics here. But again, if we use chapter 1, verse 8, Paul's affections for the Philippians, he calls them the affection of Christ Jesus, which means what? That Christ Jesus has affections towards his own, towards his people. He has a longing for those sheep of his own. And that along with Paul and hopefully along with the brothers and sisters, that we enjoy these gospel benefits of affection, compassion, and sympathy. So what are these phrases as a whole? Can we put them together as a whole? Or is this just all separate phrases? I think as a whole, they form the foundation of greater things. And, and that's what Paul calls believers to, a greater... They form the foundation of what Paul's going to call them to. In other words, since you have all this surrounding you, since this is going on in your life, you might say, oh, believer in Christ, since you've got encouragement, love, fellowship of the Spirit, affection, sympathy, these things, really these gospel gifts, then the call is going to come that we're going to look at. So Paul presents first... Here's what you have in Christ. Here's what you have amongst one another through my apostleship, through my, through my letters, my encouragement. Look at all what you have, dear brother and sister in Christ. And then based on what you have, so think this way, so act this way based on that. It's, it's the fact, it's the indicative, as we, I'll say more than once here, the indicative that precedes the imperative. The call, the call in our lives and what Christ is doing precedes the command Go do this. And if we get those in the wrong order, we get all lost, all mixed up. I just want to pause here. And we're taking our time through verse 1. Hopefully, I mean, we won't take as much time through the rest, although we'll, we'll seek to cover it. But I just want to pause here and, and just make sure we understand what it is that God has done for us before we move on to, to the call, the doing of these things, the being humble or looking to the interests of others. 
Think about this. If you're a believer in Christ, if you've come, you've tuned in today, you're a believer in Christ, then he has chosen you. I want you to hear just the gospel gifts. He's purchased you with his blood. He loves you. He's reconciled you to himself. He's given you eternal hope. He's washed away your sin. He's given you his righteousness. He's given you his Holy Spirit. And then all leading to the greatest gift of the gospel, God himself. His presence forever. That's what we have in him. That's what we have, believer, in the gospel. No COVID-19 is going to take that away. No loss of a job is going to take that away. No failure on your part, no sin even considered too bad can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord. This is good news for us. Rather than a doing and a striving, I hope he likes me, I hope he likes me. He's called you out. He loves you to follow, to follow. Here's what R.C. Sproul says. He says, our peace with God is not fragile. It is stable. When we sin, God is displeased, and he will move to correct us and convict us of our sin. But he does not go to war against us. His bow is no longer bent, and the arrows of his wrath are no longer aimed at our hearts. He does not rattle his sword every time we break the treaty. This is what we have in Christ, his grace to sinners. And let me just say, if you're here and you stumbled upon us somehow, if you're watching today and and you don't have an assurance of life in Christ, this eternal hope and eternal comfort that you, who is a sinner, can stand in the presence of a holy God, if you don't have that, I just invite you where you're at to trust Christ today to acknowledge before him, Lord, you are holy and I am a sinner. I have no part with you. I have rebelled against you. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me. And I trust in your work on the cross that you died for my sins that I might live with you. I encourage you, believe on the Lord Jesus. Kneel before him and do that today. And be encouraged Be comforted in his love. Share in the fellowship of the Spirit. Know his affection, his compassion. He's a gracious God. Well, let's move on to verse 2. And you go, whoa, I'm not sure Facebook can take this long of a sermon. We'll be a little shorter here. Okay, verse 2. Some of these, this is territory. You know, some of these, I think we could go verse by verse, but we'll try to keep it moving along for for all involved here. because the calling of God does involve the commands of God, and, and we're equipped to do those in Christ. So let's move on. Verse 2 then, Paul says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Complete my joy, Paul says. I think of a cup here that's just not quite full. Paul's saying, look at what you already have, yet it's not complete, it's not, it's not full. And I don't think Paul has in mind an idea of complete these things and then you'll really be saved. This will earn you justification if you complete this. I don't think he's saying that. I think he's 
speaking of the working outs, if, you, if that's a word, the workings out of your salvation. We're going to see that in verse 12 when we get there in this chapter. Paul's joyful. He's joyful about these believers. We've already seen that in the book, but it's not yet complete. And the way of completion is unity of mind, love, united in spirit, and then, and then looking towards others as well. Let's look at the one-minded part, uh, part that's in verse 2. In other words, Paul, what he's saying here with all these, being of the same mind, same love, full accord, one mind, I think you could boil it down to Paul saying, what you think really matters, or the sermon title, right thinking really matters. The way you think, what you think about, what occupies your thoughts, it has consequences for you and all those around you, and especially in the church, that they think the same. Now, Paul, what he's not doing, I don't think Paul is calling them to think the same like this, like all of you should like the Packers. That's a good thought. I mean, that would be a good thing to, to unite in, but that's, that's not what he's getting at. Or you should all like the same type of clothing or enjoy the same types of foods, that sort of thing. He's not saying be of one mind with those things. Those things pale. To borrow from verse 5, where we're going to get to next week, it's really that they have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ. And, and we're not surprised in this letter. That's Paul's goal, isn't it? His prize his mind, it's set on Christ. For to me to live, what is it? It's Christ. To die, that's gain. Why? Because I'm with Christ. So joy's completion for Paul is that the Philippian church have the same single-mindedness in Christ, a togetherness bounded by, informed by, and empowered by Christ. thought of gears in thinking of this and gears on a, on a, on a gear wheel or, or uh, you've got the teeth of the gear and they're all connected to the, the hub. I hope I'm getting my words right, but, but the teeth, the gear teeth are connected to the hub. And those gears, God's, I mean, given wisdom and demand and build these things that the power from one place is able to, to match the gears and, and so run machines and toys and all sorts of things. And kids, you can find an old toy this afternoon and pull it apart and find the gears in it. And see these little teeth and these gears that move this. And all the teeth are uh, connected. But every teeth of that wheel is important. It's got to work together. You get a broken tooth in there like this, and it just gets messed up. I think the one-mindedness here in the church, if we don't have the same mind of Christ, if this mind is on something else, and maybe this, is, this, this mind is on football or something whatever, we don't have the mind of Christ, we're like a bad gearbox. It's going to be off. The transmission's broken. We're not fixed on his glory. We're not living for Christ. And so our gears are not going to mesh. And we're going to, in fact, hear a lot of grinding going on. We want each tooth, if each tooth is one of us in this church, we want the teeth to be sharp and ready and machined and fashioned in what way? to look like Christ, to be thinking of Christ. Well, Paul takes the, fir- the thinking a little further here from just our mind to, ex- to, I think, expanding our thoughts. I think it stays somewhat in the mind here, but our considerations to one another as more valuable than ourselves. This is moving on now. 
And so look at verse 3. Verse 3 that's going to talk about that selfishness, pride, it has no place in the mind of a believer. Look at verse 3. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. How does Paul define humility here? Look in the text. What's humility to Paul here? We don't have to go to Webster's. I think he helps us. What's humility look like? It looks like counting others more significant than yourself or considering others. Or you could say even with the mind language going on here, think of others. Think of them as more valuable than you. And in this, the gospel helps us, the gospel of Christ. Think with me how the gospel affects our thinking towards one another in this way. So question, are you valuable? Yes, absolutely. You're made in the image of God. But did he save you? Did God choose you and call you to himself because of your own merit, something that he saw in you? No. He saved you in his mercy while you were great in sin. We are not unpolished stones that we've got kind of a brightness to us. He, Paul, or God's just got to take off that, that top layer and we'll shine. No, we're, we're really a lump of coal that God's got to breathe new life into to make us something uh, greater in the image of Christ. We need him. And so all we are in Christ is, is what then? It's a gift. So that our boasting is not in yeah, I came. I knew that. I read that. I could understand that. It's not, it's not in me. It's what God and God alone has granted, which we just saw in our last passage from last week. Thinking this way is going to help us consider others more significant than ourselves. When we say, there was nothing significant in me that God should call me. I'm a wretched sinner. And so I reach out to others. And think about others. And then verse 4. Then verse 4. It's not disconnected to this. Let me read verse 4 to us. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. In a similar way, verse 4, I think, is calling us to think. Look beyond your own interest. And, and the word here, the interest, the word for interest, can simply be just things. That's how the King James translated uh, this word as things. In other words, look beyond your things, whatever those are, your stuff, your things. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's just what I need. And look to the things of others, the interests of others. I want you to listen to how the early church in Acts lived this out. You can turn there. It's just a few pages to the left if you head to Acts chapter 2. This was in the early uh, days of the church. And I want you to hear what this looked like in a church. It's Acts 2, 42. And I'll read through 47. I'll give you a chance to get there. Luke here, he's recording the lifestyle of the early church. Here's what's going on. 3,000 souls believed on the Lord. They're baptized. And here's what they did. This is the account of them in Acts 2.42. They and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. 
and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. You think they were looking to the interests of others? Sounds like it. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I think you could say their togetherness was infectious. In a world that says, me first, this is what I want, when the church goes, uh, no, it's more significant that so-and-so gets this. It's my last roll of toilet paper. Whatever. You can have it. It says something to the world. This current crisis, what we're in, and for some more crisis than others, it's going to take a work of God's Spirit, I think, in our lives to keep us, keep us from both either selfishness, a hoarding, gathering all we can, while we can, let's, let's get it together, or conceit, pride. At least I'm doing better than so-and-so, or kind of a, a sort of boasting in how, how we're able to handle this. And instead, the call here is look to the interests of others. In verse 4, I think just to see this, again, it doesn't say don't look at all to your own interests. And you've maybe heard that before. It's okay to look after your own affairs. Buy what you need. You need to buy something. Go do it. You need to take care of your house. Absolutely. Look to the interests of your family. But, and this is the big thing, the, the much more, but not to the exclusion of others. The emphasis here is, Look not only to those interests, but the much more. Look also in a greater way to the interests of others. And, and right now, when you're hungered down in your home, this is your family. You get to practice this right after this stream is done, or maybe while this is going. Those closest to you, to look out for their interests. But Paul's also addressing the saints at Philippi, the church, the overseers, the deacons. Dear believers, complete my joy and look to one another, to their interests. Two thoughts as we wrap this up. Number one, right thinking really matters. So, number one, our thinking matters, and it's going to show itself in our actions. Our thinking matters, and it will show up in how we act. What we think is crucial, for it's going to come out in the ways that we Live Or said, if we said it in reverse, how we act is an indication of what we're thinking. If we were to play the last three weeks or three hours of our lives, and they went on Facebook Live, and you saw that live feed of your life, what would it say? What would your actions say about what you're thinking on? In this section and moving forward, it's almost... I think Paul, it's almost like he's shouting here through these pages. He's saying, think, dear church, about how you're acting. Think the same as everyone else in this way. Think with the mind on Christ. Think of Christ, the highly exalted Son of God. So our thinking matters. It's going to influence our actions. And then number two, what we've already been saying is to care for one another. Care for one another 
in a time like this even. Again, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. This, is, this comes from, uh, I want to read another scripture from 1 Corinthians 12. I'll read 25 through 26. And I want you to just listen to the way God has composed the body of Christ, the church. Each part of it, whether it's honorable or not for this, here's his purpose in how God has composed the body, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members, members of the body, the church, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, those gears, if a gear's off, if one member suffers, the whole gear suffers. If one member is honored, all rejoice, the gear says, we're working again. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So a couple things to call towards. One, perhaps today, you just need to confess. You need to take a minute when this is over or sometime this afternoon, find a quiet spot and confess to the Lord. Lord, I've been prideful. I've been focused just on me. So easy to do. I've not been thinking about other people. And just go to the Lord and confess that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us. And then the call here, and I mean a literal call, phone call. Perhaps you need to literally pick up the phone today and call somebody, or this week, call somebody with a word of encouragement. And then comfort. Perhaps you need to look around even to the church and who you might call and, which, and look at one another and say, does a tooth kind of look like it's, it's damaged? And we don't need to go up to that tooth and yell at the, the tooth of the gear and say, come on, get better. We come alongside. We comfort. Comfort with love. Are, is a brother or sister weakened in the Lord? Are they struggling? Come alongside them and encourage them. Right thinking really matters. I want to encourage you to pursue Christ and then pursue one another in the strength of his spirit. Let's pray together. Father, the call here can only come if our lives have been renewed by the spirit of Jesus Christ, that we've been born again. And so I pray, Lord, any that are, that are watching, listening here, that have not put their faith and trust, that have not sought forgiveness for sins in the only name that can save them, the only name of salvation, Jesus. May they do that today. And I pray for us that have known you and we come to this section of Scripture. And Lord, I pray for conviction that we would not just look to our own interests any longer. We would be one-minded, having the mind of Christ and doing things for the sake of Christ, not for our own glory and our own vain and empty glory, but for Christ, that we would end our lives having said, I lived it for Christ. I didn't waste anything. I lived for him. I didn't waste a coronavirus. I didn't waste that time. I lived for Christ. And when things are better, I didn't waste when things were better. I lived for Christ. So I pray for our body gathered today via Facebook and these means that we would live for you, Lord. We would strive and we would trust in your power. And I thank you that you've given the body, the church, for each of us gears that fails moments in our lives and we need other gears to come alongside 
and build us up and encourage us. May we be a church of encouragement during this time. We ask in your name, amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.